And I met this woman who snuck a video camera into the laboratories at a major. So I discovered that many of the big commercial companies not only don't treat animals well, they don't treat their customers that well either. Treading water is the same as drowning to people like you and me. You better start swimming. Welcome to I'm the One Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Green. Hi, Sally. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing fabulous here in my attic airy of uh, Echo Bella. Uh, well, I'm excited to have you. Uh, so you're the founder of Echo Bella, is that correct? I'm the founder. I'm the formulator of all our products, and uh, I'm the instigator of all kinds of trouble. <laughs> I think as, as an owner, uh, uh, that's what I do all the time. I think I come back after the weekend, I have about 10 different ideas. My team is always wondering what I'm going to throw at them next. But I think that's our job as a visionary is to is to light the fire, come up with new ideas, and somebody's got to rein us in. But I'm excited to talk to you today about kind of your journey of starting Echo Bella. And I'd love for you to talk about, you know, some obviously some challenges you've had, things you overcome, the positive, the negative. I feel like most of the listeners can benefit a lot from things that we've overcome as entrepreneurs. But can you tell us a little bit about how you got started with Echo Bella? Absolutely. So uh, my company is a socially responsible business, and I started it over 25 years ago. And I was propelled to do that after I met a, uh, a woman uh, who was a volunteer at an organization for which I serve on the board, which is Friends of Animals, the national nonprofit uh, that advocates for animal protection and has the uh, country's largest low-cost spay-neuter program and lawyers for animals, so very active with them. And I met this woman who snuck a video camera into the laboratories at a major personal care company, and she filmed how they tested on animals. Hmm. So uh, having one foot in the nonprofit world, I had the other foot in the uh, business world, and I realized that business can make great changes uh, to how things get done and whether or not animals or people are treated well. So I discovered that many of the big commercial companies not only don't treat animals well, they don't treat their customers that well either, and they get by on massive marketing budgets and consumers who don't know how to understand the products that they buy or how they're created. So I founded Echo Bella to be a transparent company, a company that um, respects uh, the happiness of all living beings, and that includes our customers, our staff, and the animals. Hmm. That's beautiful. Uh, I don't think many companies are focused on that these days. At least that, that's my perception on it. I mean, it, it is a lot about the marketing and the dollars to be made and about moving product in most cases. So I think you're a rarity in that regard, Sally. Well, why can't we all do both? Uh, <laughs> you know, for example, uh, we had a choice. We just came out with a fabulous new product uh, that's first to market, which is a... Hmm mineral-based vegan bone broth, and mm. it is to combat this massive fad of people drinking animal bone broth, which turns out doesn't have much in it because you can boil bones for hours, and there's a study that I found that shows, what, what do you think goes in the water, Rob? Um, 
I, I, whatever's on top of the bone when you put the bone in? Right, nothing. The minerals <laughs> that everyone thinks they're drinking do not go into the water. They, scientists tested the water, had nothing in it except a little bit of gelatin, hmm. which is a really poor source of protein. So here we have this billion-dollar fad of people drinking this stuff, thinking it's curing uh, their body's ailments, and it's kind of a delusion. But that is the power of marketing. And so, you know, here we come out with a product that actually is loaded with minerals. Uh, how did we get them? We turned to the sea. Hmm. Sea plants, the ocean is the source of all our minerals, not animal bones. Hmm. And they're absorbable. And, you know, you can actually remineralize your body with uh, the stuff that we make. And so... We also put it in a compostable package. So here we hit all the high points. Uh, we follow we follow a uh, three precepts: who does the product help, who does it harm, and how does it get thrown away? And we try to hit a ten on each one of those. You know, it's got to help people, not harm animals, and not pollute the environment. So that one hit a ten. So you're the second founder in a row that I've spoken to that has a differentiated product that sounds unique and uh, better than what's currently in the marketplace. And uh, I just talked to Taylor from Charlie Soap the other day, and he had the same conversation about laundry detergent. I learned a lot about laundry detergent and how his is completely different than the big store brands who kind of mask the cleanliness with perfumes and chemicals. And his claim was that his is the only one that really pulls out the actual oils and the dirt from the actual fabric. Uh, and we talked a little bit about the challenge of then marketing against this, uh, let's call it status quo for lack of a better word. So you've designed a, sounds like a potentially better product for the environment, for the consumer. How do you then tell the story of a better product against uh, I would guess the status quo is exists today around that space. We can tell the story through our website, obviously, uh, and through videos and through, you know, photos and uh, engaging influencers. Uh, but we honestly, without having funding, have to bootstrap ourselves to get the attention of the consumer, you know, against these huge companies. You know, I once looked online and I saw, um, I think it was, I don't know, uh, Nabisco Wheat Thins. And I saw, mm. at the time I looked, they had 300,000 followers. And I thought, all these people want to follow a cracker? <laughs> Why? <laughs> So, yeah, I, I don't know. We have a lot to offer, and, and getting the attention is is the every, every minute of the day objective. Do, is there a feedback loop on that product, for example? And, and what I find with consumers is if you have something that um, has a differentiate, like a magic moment, uh, a friend of mine, Dwight, just mentioned that at a, at a recent uh, mastermind. He, he's uh, the founder of... Uh, Mighty Patch, the pimple patches. Uh, I don't know if you've seen those or not, but they've taken over. They've created a whole new segment in the industry. And uh, he called it a magic moment. Whereas um, if you put it on, you can see it working. And that allowed the instant feedback for the consumer to say, oh, it, it's working. I know it's working. I'll buy more of it. 
I feel like that is a that is a challenge when you're especially on an educational piece is how do you get something to know it's working like that's a challenge with the supplements if you take a capsule you take a vitamin c capsule is it working or a chewable i don't know if it's working there's no feedback loop of i don't feel better i don't notice anything different do you think about that in any way with some of your products especially the beauty products right well yes and i use myself as an example i'm a full-fledged vegan and I do take supplements. And I realize that there are certain supplements that are, are so well studied that you sort of have to take them, like vitamin C. And frankly, most people don't take enough. Uh, but you can see um, your nutrition reflected in your skin. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, you know, that's the way to really evaluate how it's going. I mean, it takes time to realize how a supplement is working. So you go on faith and then over the years, you realize you're not aging as fast as other people who, for example, you know, I would say meat eaters. I find that mm. comparing me or other vegans to meat eaters, eaters and that is healthy vegans eat, eating wholesome, whole grains, beans, rice, good, delicious food, um, not French fries and things like that, um, that we, you know, we're not aging as fast. And so that's the proof. Yeah, you, you, you can be a, a, a vegan and eat, you know, uh, I don't I think this qualifies gummy bears all day long, and that's probably not a healthy diet. Right. And vegans are learning that now because there's so many vegan choices. There's a couple hundred different cheese brands. You, people mm. who are addicted to cheese don't have to worry about, oh, I can't get my cheese. You can. You can have plant-based cheese. Not that that's the greatest. Eat, no dairy product or dairy substitute is really great for you, um, hmm. but they're fun. You know, plant-based cheeses are fun. They taste good, and so that's fine. So I think um, we have to just understand that our bodies really do need the right fuel, and without it, they slowly break down, and you might not notice it for 10 years, and then, but then you will notice. You definitely will. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, staying healthy is a, is a priority for me. It's one of the three pillars for me is staying healthy, which the one of the frameworks I use is is, is fuel, train, and recover. So I, I don't think about it necessarily as eating. I think about it as fueling my body, and then I think about training, whether it's either exercise or cardiovascular or lifting weights. And then recovery part is the downtime for my my body, my nervous system, and sleeping, of course. All right, so that that's how I think about my health journey, I guess you'd call it. Um, but I'd love to get back to Echo Bell a little bit. So tell us a little bit about Echo Bell. It's 25 years old, socially responsible. Tell us as much as you can about it. How do you sell today? Where do you sell? How, what does the business look like? Well, I realized at a certain point that I could not make my customers more beautiful with cosmetics, even though the cosmetics are are designed for sensitive skin and for uh, people who don't want chemicals on them. So they're, they're very special. We have lots of people with sensitivities who rely on our products, but I, I soon realized that I can't make people beautiful if they're smoking, eating meat, mm -hmm. dairy, 
or drinking soda. And that's why we designed the Beauty From Within program to go with it. And then I really don't love pills either. I take pills, but I decided anything that we want to give to a consumer, I have to be behind it. I have to be the one taking it. And so I do. And they have to be delicious. So we made two drinks. One, the hot drink that I told you, the boom broth, and then a bright red cold drink, which are the antioxidants. You could, you could really live on these two drinks. Uh, and then the bright red antioxidants have studies that show they build up under the skin. Hmm. So what are the challenges? The challenges are getting people to understand this uh, because they may not read all the studies that I read and, and realize, or meet with the scientists. They certainly don't do that, but I meet with the scientists behind these, these products. And it's fascinating. You know, I call it living the wonder because I think it's all such a great experience to learn what science, when it's in awe of nature, uh, what it can create. And so when we imitate nature for our own health and well-being, uh, we can really prosper. And so uh, the company uh, used to be more of a big wholesale company selling to health food stores. And I ran a very big uh, warehouse and a big broker team and called on all the health food stores and, and so on. But since then, we pivoted. We're not really in health food stores so much. Uh, we're now mostly online and a few stores who, who you know, want to get behind it. They're absolutely welcome and we will support them and love them. Uh, and so we, um, when we do all the best practices online, um, you know, having a presence on social media, constantly educating through our posts and stating our mission and um, working with influencers who make us recipes and film them so, and they look delicious and they're inspiring. So that's, that's basically how we do it now. And of course, we're always open to new ideas. Sally, I don't know if you've explored TikTok shops at all, uh, but TikTok shops <clears throat> just became available in the U.S. a couple months ago and is absolutely blowing up. And if you're not familiar with it or any listeners are not familiar with it, it's, it allows you to buy on TikTok on platform on the shop section. And it allows it also very, very easy to find the influencers or creators <clears throat> that you want to partner with. So in the past, it was more hunting and pecking and finding. It's harder to find those people. Now their platform is engaging so they can find you and you can find them. So you could go find people that are already talking about Echo Bella and have them become a creator for you. And I, I'm telling you, I've never seen anything this big, this fast in e-commerce. The revenues are insane, and we've just started exploring it the past few weeks. But it's uh, it's bigger than when I started doing Amazon eight years ago for me. Yeah, well, uh, coming from you, then it must be true. I, I find that I get hyped so much <laughs> by people. <laughs> I'm sure the other entrepreneurs listening, oh, you know, all day long, the, the agencies say, we're going to 10x your sales and do yeah. all this, and then they don't do it. So, uh, good news is I'm not trying to say anything, Sally. <laughs> yeah, good news. To, is I know, I know. Listen, listen I'm not trying listen to say anything. Cynicism. 
listen, we both have been doing this okay, long enough well, to be skeptical, to be skeptical. I don't, uh, uh, boy, this is going to paint some of our listeners, hopefully not hurt any feelings, but I am not an agency fan. So, uh, in my experience, most agencies overpromise and underdeliver. That doesn't mean all of them, but most of them, it's very easy for them to overpromise, and then they're not performance-based in a lot of times. So they're not able to deliver what they promise. And then you've spent three to six months or a year down the wrong path. It's, it's been my experience and a lot of friends' experience with agencies. But I will say that when you see some of these, um, uh, an example, I think Tark Cosmetics did $5 million on TikTok shops in the last month. And they're brand new. Crazy numbers on a new platform that just opened up a couple months ago. So you're seeing companies do a million dollars a week now or a million dollars a month that have no business or, or probably don't even do that in the rest of their entire business. And they're doing it just on platform. So anyway, something you might want to check out. I, I've been digging into it the last few weeks and learning more about it myself. Uh, and the team is working on this. It's, it's definitely new for us, but the data that we've been able to extract is, is significant. It's improved. It's unbelievable to be honest. Well, I think that shows, you know, a lot of consumer interest from that age group. They are obviously looking to buy without having to go into the store. And so um, I think it sounds wonderful. I would, I would love to speak with those uh, consumers and show them what we do, because I think they all have the wish to not harm animals in their purchases. Yeah. And so I, I would love to be able to talk to them about how to accomplish that and really have a clean conscience about how they purchase. So I don't really know a lot about TikTok, um, but I would like to learn. Yeah, Do you have I a recommendation, Rob, on how to learn? So it's funny you say that, Sally. I, I tend to go a little off the deep end on this stuff. I dig in really deep, a little OCD about it, and I start just diving in, learning everything. There's hardly any content because it's so new in the U.S., there's a couple of guys talking on YouTube, but they're, they're figuring it out just like we are. So there's no, uh, there are no courses. There are no, uh, gurus or no, there's nothing really agencies. You don't even find an agency on in the U S right now that has figured this out, that is selling it. So what we do is we just go and look at the actual examples of the people selling well, and then we just try to model yeah. what they're doing. Um, and I, I think TikTok is really even changing, uh, the algorithm is so good that it helps to amplify your message to the right people is what I, what I believe. And so it allows it to kind of hone in. Whereas it's more of a discovery than Amazon. I feel like everybody already knows what they want and they're saying, Oh, I want a bone broth protein powder. I'm going to go search for it with those keywords and I'm going to go find, and then I'm going to choose from this group of products. Right. Whereas TikTok, right. you're on there and it's that it's like, Whoa, it's interruption marketing a little bit, but it's also like, Oh, that's cool. I didn't even know I needed that or wanted that. Or, oh, wow, this is targeted mm -hmm. to me because I do care about the environment and I do care about animals. And it knows that based on what I've liked and I've followed in the past. So it's something I, I wish I had a better recommendation. I will probably in the next month or two as I dig in more. But right now, I, I would definitely, you know, if you got somebody on your team or someone on the marketing side to, to look into that. You mentioned that you said you're doing online mainly now instead of retail. Is that a breakdown of marketplaces like Walmart? Amazon, and then Shopify? Is that how you think about it as marketplaces versus your direct-to-consumer business? Correct. And we use BigCommerce as our website okay. platform. And so it's it's primarily Amazon 
and then a few other uh, distributors such as Vitacos, which is the big yeah. Yeah. Uh, health food supplement uh, website. They've been around for years also. I knew them when they first started. Uh, so I'm very experienced in this field, apparently. Uh, so uh, there's, it's interesting to see the brands come and grow and go and see how uh, the big brands that were around 20 years ago have disappeared and there's yeah. a million little brands and they're all wonderful to be honest. So I can understand why consumers might be confused, but, but you know, there's um, consumers do have to find the company that they believe in and stick with it. That's because also companies sort of experience consumers as um, transient, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of sad too, because we're, we're still here doing what we do very well and a customer may move on to another brand and we wouldn't even know why. Yeah, that, that is a disconnect, right? It's, it, it's not face-to-face, it's online and, and you really have to try to extract uh, um, what, make, what makes people happy, what doesn't make people happy. I do have two... Re- Two more recommendations for you then, Sally. One, have you already looked into oh, iHerb? iHerb as a uh, wholesaler, I guess you call Have you looked into those guys? I I know of them. They used okay. to represent us and they stopped. Okay. Okay. Because I know they do international sales. And so a lot of people tap into the international market through iHerb. Is, is, I have a few friends that have done that. You know what? I think, we'll, I think we can call them again and, and say, how are you doing? Okay. The, the other thing um, that we do a lot um, is we sell a lot on Amazon is we analyze reviews. And now with AI, we're able to pull down sentiment from our products and our competitors product. And what I mean by that is we're able to extract not in the past, we would just download the reviews and we would try to use like a word cloud and, and see which words had the most frequency. But now with AI, you can extract the reviews and it'll give you a sentiment of a product and say, hey, most people say this product is too oily or smells great or whatever the features are of the product. The AI will do the review sentiment analysis in seconds from hmm. 300 reviews to 20,000 reviews. It doesn't matter. We use mm-hmm. that now to give insight, especially when we're launching a new product, uh, to give insight on what the market likes and what doesn't like about the existing products. So that might be something else you could try is to try to use. Um, the one, the software we use for that is uh, Shulex. It's uh, voc.ai. And they, uh, VOC, it's voice of the customer.ai is what it stands for, oh. I believe. So uh, that it just has an overlay and it does it right on Amazon for you. And you click a button and it tells you the uh, sentiment analysis. So just another thing you might want to take a look tip. at. Sure. Yes, thank you for that tip. I sure. will definitely do it. I always take advice. I think, I think if anyone doesn't take advice, then um, they're never going to have wisdom. <laughs> Well, tell us a little bit about the current state of the business. How, how are things going? And then do you have any challenges right now you're trying to overcome and, and take, you know, for the next 25 years? Well, yes, on Amazon, since you're an expert on Amazon, we are having challenges there. Uh, we keep having to hire new agencies to run our advertising program and they pitch us really well and they, they're going to do this. And then another agency comes in and says, but look, this is, doesn't look, you're not running display ads. Their AI is turning off your keywords too quickly. 
I mean, this is literally a conversation I had yeah. yesterday, and yeah. I'm not an expert because I'm the business owner, and I can't learn everything about data management for all these, for Google, for Amazon, for Facebook. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure other entrepreneurs might feel that way as well. What are your suggestions, since you're an Amazon expert, about the advertising yeah, um, this is right in my wheelhouse, Sally. I was just at Amazon a month ago. They have a, a new program they're launching called Voice of the Sellers. So there were three other uh, sellers, two of them were my friends, and we met with a bunch of executives. That meeting at Amazon was specifically around what you're talking about, data, data analytics, the tools that they've exposed, which have been great. It's far better now than it ever was in the past about what they're giving us for tools and data. The problem is, is the average seller doesn't have any idea how to use it. And I tend to be more data oriented. So for me, it's easy to kind of dig in and break down and analyze the tools and, 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 really, and really get an understanding of it. But I was explaining to them that they're at the average seller, A, doesn't have maybe the knowledge or experience with that, or B, doesn't have the time. Because like you said, a lot of us are wearing many hats and trying to grow a business. The last thing I can do is go learn a new report that Amazon launches and figure out how this applies to my business and how to use it. So my feedback to them was start giving some like, webinar series, case studies, examples of how do I use this new search query performance SQP data? How do I use it? And how can I apply this new tool and these new analytics to my business? Um, I think, unfortunately, in the, in the agency world, um, m most agencies, well, this is going to sound really biased, but a lot of times the people that start the agency are very knowledgeable. And then we all have this problem. We start to scale and they have to hire people. Well, that person has less experience than the person who started it. And the person who started it might be an expert, but now you've got to hire somebody and they're maybe 70% is good. Well, now we're scaling more. Now you've got a third layer down and they're 70% as good as the person above them. And I find that's the real mm -hmm. challenge is the people side of the agency business. Uh, I do have one friend I would recommend as an agency. I'd happy to recommend him offline if you're interested in talking to him. He only, he has a small number yes. of clients, maybe 10 to 15 He's a good friend of mine. I'm happy to, to refer him to you. He's the only one. He's in my mastermind. He's the only one I would actually refer. Um, but with that being said, it's I think that's, you hit the nail on the head for small business and, and medium business owners. Who do you know to hire? How do you know who to hire? And how do you know who to trust? Especially if you're not an expert in that space. If you're, I've been doing PPC for uh, 13 years online. I taught myself AdWords 13 years ago. I've been running, I don't even know, millions of dollars by myself before I started hiring people. Mm. That gives me the ability to say, I know whether they know what they're talking about or not. But if you don't know that, like a good example is creative. I don't know how to use creative tools. I'm not a, not a, uh, my daughter's better at uh, Photoshop than I am and uh, Adobe mm -hmm. Illustrator. So I go to her with questions because I don't have the expertise in that space, right? So I think that's a, a real mm -hmm. serious problem um, that we all have as entrepreneurs is how do you judge somebody's abilities ahead of time, especially if you're going to be outsourcing it, you know, employees, but also outsourcing it. And I, I find that the only thing that's ever really worked for me is just friends, like referrals. Like it's like the old, you know, I don't go to the uh, phone book and in the old days and get a, a lawyer's number and just call a lawyer. I got, I've got my lawyer from a, a friend referral, right? I think that's the best way to get quality resources is, is from friends in the space who've used them and can refer them to you. So that's been my experience, especially, and Amazon's a totally different animal because it's evolving so fast. And that's what is so difficult about it is that it changes 
every week there's just new things out and they're tweaking this rule and changing that. Um, so staying on top of that is, is, is really a full-time job for somebody. And if you can find the right agency that is staying on top of it, that's, that's the way to go, I think. I, I would be delighted to speak with your recommendation. Sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd love, to, love to connect you with him. Um, so it sounds like things are going well. You've got a good, uh, good, good foundation for the future. Where do you want to see, where do you see and where do you want to take Echo Bella in the future? Well, I want to help our customers even more make that transition to, you know, healthier, longevity producing, more beautiful mm. skin, um, creating lifestyle. And I think that the products we have are already light years away from what, you know, the major commercial products are. And so my sole goal is to find those people who, are, who want to learn and, and, and want to try them. And of course, everything we do is, and, and make is guaranteed. Uh, so I, my goal is, t is totally about finding my tribe. That's it. I love that phrase. Uh, that I co-founded a mastermind a few years ago, and and I feel like that was where I really found my tribe of like-minded entrepreneurs who we can kind of we've grown together and we share what's working and what's not working. And I found that to be truly valuable. You find like-minded people that you can associate with, and I think that's what you're looking for in your customer base. You're looking for people that think the same way. And while I think that it's, it's more difficult sometimes to get in front of those people, but now it's also, if you can get the right message out and get the right platform out, I do think it can, it can go viral. I mean, there is the ability now, if you get it right, not saying it's easy, that one to many approach can happen. Uh, and you've got a really great message around that. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I don't care if it goes viral. I just would like, you know, steady um, person to person um, customer building relationships. Well, it's interesting you say that when I say viral, what I mean is it's just exposure. So what I mean is, you know, the old days, okay. uh, you know, be a one to one It'd be, you know, I tell my friend, I'd, I, I'd sit next to them and I would tell them in person, then it was, I'd call a friend and tell them. And now it's more like, Oh, I'm sharing online what I'm experiencing. And this is, you know, I'm, I'm sharing right here on the podcast, a one to many approach of this is what you've learned. This is what I've learned. These are the opportunities. So I think that that one to many, the technology is really enabling that one to many approach as opposed to the one to one approach that uh, was so common for so long. And I do think there's true power in, you know, raving fans. You get somebody, I, I tend to be a super referrer myself. So I find something I love. I tell everybody about it. You know, I've got a bunch of products. I'm like, listen, I don't sleep without my, my eight sleep, which is a, a mattress cover that cools the bed. I keep it cooler at night. That thing, I, I, if I sleep at a hotel, I hate it. I miss my sleep, my eight sleep every single day. So like there's certain products, you get it and you use it and you're like, you become a, almost like a preacher for it. I mean, you feel like you're, a, you're, a, you're promoting it because you love it so much for your, yourself, right? So I think that's what, you, when you say tribe, that's what I'm hearing is finding your tribe of people that are in love with what they're doing. And it's, a, it's more of a lifestyle than just a product. Is that, is that fair to say? Yes. And what I want to do is, in the case of these 
these all these people that are mixing animals, skin and bones, collagen into their coffee, uh, or drinking animal bone broth uh, because they heard about it on you know YouTube or TikTok. Uh, when it has no scientific basis at all, it's a total waste of money, animal lives, and it's killing the planet on top of it. I mean, don't we all have to wake up to our practices are, are causing our planet to heat up? How long is it going to take before we're not going to have the food supply that we, you know, we rely on? We can get whatever we want. If I want oranges, I can get them, you know? Hmm. Is there going to be a day where it, the planet's not going to be able to produce oranges? They're going to be... Hmm rationed or something you know we have to be very careful we're jeopardizing our very own food supplies so and mm. it's from animal agriculture and animal um factory farming in this these mass quantities and so my little company has a solution to make people happy and help transition them to more of a healthier plant-based diet save their money uh be be healthier be happier and cool down the planet and, and so it's, it's really imperative that we, you know, we're able to survive and keep going. Um, I think that's, you know, that's, that's crucial. And so you're talking about getting the message out. What do you, what do you, what is your feeling about YouTube, Rob? I mean, I think if you can, I think YouTube is a consistent, and, I, and I'm not an expert in it by any means, but it feels like to me in the research I've done, it's just consistency. You've just got to consistently use YouTube to get out there. I do think there's value in repurposing content, right? So this podcast, we put it out to uh, Spotify, to Apple, to YouTube, to YouTube Shorts, to TikTok. We take the same content and we try to splice it up and for the native for the platform. And I do think that's, especially with what you're talking about, I, I think that the marketing side of things, it, you're telling a story. Right? It's not just a commoditized product. It, you're telling a story and you need time to tell that story. And I think your story is probably better communicated visually than with text. So for me, just hearing what you've got, what you're building and what you've been building, I think that YouTube, TikTok, shorts, things like that, that have a time frame for people to see it and tell the story, that feels like it would be would resonate better with your tribe. Okay. I think we'll just, work just on an that. outsider's opinion. No, no, I think it's important because entrepreneurs tend to get so much, uh, you know, into the uh, uh, rainforest, I'll say, that uh, it's hard to see the direction that we're going sometimes. One other real big side benefit I want to touch on, and boy, I sound like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a show for TikTok shops here, but again, I, I've just been doing research <laughs> on it, I can't believe it. I've seen significant, as I've analyzed some of the products that have done well on TikTok shops, I've seen significant overflow on their sales on Amazon. I mean, significant, Sally. Oh. There was a product that was one okay. of the best sellers on TikTok shops, and it went from a 5,000 BSR, which is bestseller rankings in their category on Amazon, which is good. That's probably 150 units a day. It went from a 5,000 hmm. BSR to a top 100 BSR which is like 3,000 units a day after they crushed it on TikTok shops. I mean, you can see the chart just go like this to improve BSR. So you're there, and that's hard to capture. I know it's always difficult. Attribution is always a problem for e-commerce. Uh, but mm -hmm. then you can see significant overflow to other platforms 
that has significant value to the business, not just on one platform. So that that's the other really positive side to trying to get out there and, and tell the story through video. Hmm. Well, that's, yeah, that's the mysterious aspect of, of the flow, you know, the, all the rivulets and where it all ends up. And that's fascinating. And it reminds me of a, a program that some people have on their websites, which consumers may not may or may not know about, but we they can mm. actually now identify all of us when we go on someone's website and, and they, they'll know who we are. It's not anonymous anymore. Yeah, there's and software so, out there can you can pay. Yeah. Right. And they find you and they, they know uh, who you are, what your email is. And then, and then the, if, if the person doesn't make a purchase on the website, uh, you can email them and, and start a conversation. That, that's one of the, the, the great ironies of this uh, online selling is that it's, it's so easy and, and convenient, but 70% of our customers abandon their shopping carts. Mm-hmm. And that's a universal yeah. And it makes no sense. After all that work they went, you know, did selecting the products and obviously they wanted them and then suddenly uh, changed my mind onto something else that that's no one no one would do that in uh you're in Arizona. What's there? Kroger's. I mean, no one yeah. would do that in the local supermarket. Just walk out of the store and leave their shopping cart filled with groceries. So that's very true. What, what do you, you think can, about that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. I go back to Amazon again with this this SQP data they they launched last year, the search query performance data. You can actually now see by skew by keyword how many impressions you got, how many clicks you got, how many add to carts you had, and purchases. So you can actually see that now. Again, I, I tend to be a data guy, Sally, so sorry to go into the weeds on this, but you can actually see <laughs> now by ASIN, by, by keyword, the whole funnel on Amazon. So you can identify, hey, this product here has a higher cart abandonment rate than this one over here. Is there a reason? Is there some messaging we're doing? Is there something on the detail page that we could change? Are we targeting the wrong customers? You know, there's a lot of things to dive into with that because now they're exposing that data with big commerce or Shopify. It's been relatively easy to see that and do a card abandonment email. Um, actually, and, and Amazon now has a tailored, uh, tailored brand promotions now that I believe allows you to market to people who abandon your shopping cart, not DSP, but tailored brand promotions and offer them a discount to come back and, and buy the product or try the product for the first time. So uh, they are making, giving us more tools to be able to interact with that, that consumer and, and build more of a relationship with the consumer, which I appreciate. Hmm. Yes. It's not so mysterious. I mean, they don't <laughs> let you have the data, but what, what's really frustrating is that you can't respond to people's reviews and mm, people have these that. petty complaints right? Petty complaints or or misinformation or accusations. One can't respond anymore and you can't, and you can't get them taken down and it lowers your rankings. Yeah, that's a, that's the whole, um, the, the gamification of Amazon is, is the challenge. I know they're trying to whack a mole with that because, you know, we, we, we've had this many times where we've had competitors 
um, come after us and attack us with, you know, bad feedback or scurrilous reviews. Um, that is a challenge. I know that they're they work on, but I mean, it. it I don't know if they'll ever solve that problem. I don't know anyone ever will solve will solve that problem. So it's just trying to we we try to do the best we can to be diligent, and stay on top of it, and use the FAQ, the frequently asked questions, frequently asked questions, as an alternative to the reviews because we can uh, answer questions and have you know a customers uh, submit them and ask questions to 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 handle kind of some of those comments. Um, but yeah, it, it, you're right. I mean, it, it, there is some, uh, as it become more transparent, there's also the opaqueness that happens too, because we're not having that clear identity of, uh, customer communication. So it does, it, it makes it easier in some ways, but it makes it harder in just different new and different ways is what I find. And why don't they allow us to respond to the consumers with a sincere answer? They used to. I mean, that they, they did up right. until maybe a year ago or so, I think, and they stopped. I'm not sure why they stopped. I, I never heard a good reason on why they actually stopped the, the, the ability to comment on reviews. Because we used to always, as a best practice, every review would reply or comment on the review. And it's, you know, especially with a, a problem, hey, contact us. We'd love to help you out with this. Whatever your situation is, you know, one piece of the product broke or we'll get you a new one. We'd like to help you and, and make sure that we can get it to you. But if we can't communicate with them, it makes it challenging to solve that problem. Well, maybe next time you go to meet with them <laughs> as voice of the seller, that'll be on your checklist. I, I will put that. I, I, I am going up there again in a couple of weeks. I will, I will put that on the <laughs> list if it comes up. So, uh, well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I really want to say thank you for taking the time to talk with me, share your story and share your mission of, of what you're trying to accomplish with Echo Bella. And I will definitely reach out to you. I'll connect you with my friend, the agency. Uh, but anything else, I can always help with that. Uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to help in any way I can. Well, thank you very much for your sincerity and also your excellent questions. And please keep me on your list. And uh, thank you to all your podcast listeners also. If they, if they want to contact me, it's boombroth.net or sally at echobella.com. Happy to speak to any interested people. I love it. Thank you, Sally. I appreciate it. Okay. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, and share with friends. Visit I'mTheOne.com and ask me anything. And as always, stay curious and never stop becoming the one.